Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. For as long as man can remember, the idea of two podcasting superpowers joining forces has been the ultimate dream in entertainment. Two highly respected content creators working in unison to provide the gold standard in wrestling audio. A pair of intelligent and insightful people discussing high quality topics and educating the audience through the superior opinions they hold. In reality, that won't happen for this show. All of those people are far too busy. So I guess we are stuck with Cy and Mags, a pair of right plonkers, talking daft nonsense. Hello and welcome again to Chain Wrestling. Uh, Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever and whenever you may be. As always, uh, this is Chain Wrestling with Cy and Mags. And joining me again on our little adventure through wrestling, um, step by step, link by link, is the Straight Edge Society to my main event mafia. He is the award-winning um, <laughs> podcaster himself, the Podfather, Mister Max. How are we doing this week, sir? Even you couldn't get through that award winning without a slag giggle. Yeah, <laughs> mental. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I'm doing really good. Uh excited for, for this one more than, than I have been for, for a lot of the others because it's something I've never watched before. It's something that I was totally checked out on and yeah, it was, it was a cool kind of like journey for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is um a match that I've never seen before as well. Uh we'll get to that in a moment i suppose but uh yeah it was interesting seeing something that uh, I've, I've watched so much wrestling in my life i thought there can't be much that i've not seen mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah especially Same. things especially stuff that's as high profile as as this match i guess it's very sort of renowned isn't it internet wide but no i've yeah. never seen it before but yeah we'll get to that in a moment uh, how's your week been then mate we've been up to anything good Oh yeah, it's been a a, a a lovely, quiet new year uh, in uh, in lockdown here in uh, in North England. Uh, but yeah, for, it's been fine. I like it quiet anyway, rather than the the hustle and bustle. But yeah, it's just a case of being uh, back at work now, doing paperwork, and squeezing as much wrestling as possible in in uh, Wrestle Kingdom season and then building into Royal Rumble season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, on the topic of Wrestle Kingdom, just to give people a little bit of context, um, when me and Mags are recording this show this week, we are halfway through, I guess, because we've had day one of Wrestle Kingdom, and tomorrow mm-hmm. morning, uh, UK time, we have day two. We do. I've only watched the first three or four matches, Mags, so I'm not on the bike to go into Tanahashi's match. Oh, um, okay. 
So no spoilers, please, my friend. Absolutely but, none. Uh, I know uh, one of my uh, other co-hosts, Mr. Paul Talley, he goes on a Twitter exodus around Wrestle Kingdom time because uh, he he just doesn't is just not able to watch it live. So he, he generally uh, goes away for a week. Uh, so if he is listening, uh, I'm not going to spoil the the results for you, Paul. Don't worry. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched the. Uh, the New Japan Rumble, which opens the show, doesn't it? I suppose, is that like on their pre-show sort of thing, I guess? Is that right? Yeah, uh, this year it was called the Rambo for some reason. Uh, the Rambo, yeah, I saw that on yeah. the little... I think it's yeah. because they, uh, they added the pinning and uh, submissions mm. to the way... How did that work for you? Uh, it's a... It's a... a, a, a a teaser, I suppose. I mean, the the old point is to get a final four for tomorrow for the uh, the the King of Pro Wrestling match, I suppose. So it worked in 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 terms of that, but you don't really put a lot of stock into those early matches on on the the Wrestle Kingdom card. No, no, that's fair enough. I mean, the reason I'm sort of, sort of picking your brains over a couple of things here is um, if anyone heard the. Sort of end of year 2020 review episode of my other show, the, the SJP Wrestling Pod. You'll know that I've not watched a great deal of New Japan since last year's Wrestle Kingdom, whereas okay. Andrew Conrad, my guest, and, and yourself there, Mags, so know you know a little bit more about it than me. So, so are you aware of the uh, the King of Pro Wrestling trophy? I am because I read about it, but I don't know a great okay. deal. Okay, um, so basically, what that was, Akada uh, uh, was out of the title picture for a while, and he uh, came up with this format of having uh, uh, this tournament or this uh, trophy called the King of Pro Wrestling Trophy. And what happens is that um, whoever wins it at, at the beginning of, of the year then has to defend it throughout the year uh, in in stipulation matches. So what what was meant to happen, it didn't quite pull off as it, as uh, New Japan kind of envisioned. But what was meant to happen is that the the challenger and the the the, the trophy holder offer up a stipulation each and the fans vote on that stipulation and whichever stipulation wins, uh, that's what kind of match they have. And then it's who, whoever has the trophy at the end of the year when it resets uh, back at the next Wrestle Kingdom, uh, they're meant to be in line for a title shot, whichever title shot it is. So, for example, we had um, uh, no ropes matches. We've had uh, uh, two two count pin matches. uh Things like that, just like silly little stipulations, and it really like works well because of who the the holder was. Uh, Toriano, uh, obviously yeah. he's a comedy wrestler, so it it kind of works for him. Um, let's see where it goes next year if if uh, New Japan kind of brush it under the carpet. But yeah, it was it was technically meant to be something to keep Okada uh, entertained whilst he wasn't really in the title picture. I see. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like you're thinking lots of different little comedy stipulation matches. I mean, because New Japan, yeah. it, it's very much, uh, I suppose, from my eyes, very much treats wrestling as much like a real sport as mm-hmm. it can. Yeah. It's very serious. So if you've got something, a little bit of light entertainment or a bit of comedy to break that up sometimes, I, I, I would guess that's a good thing. But I've never not seen any of it myself, so. Yeah, the uh, the wrestle, the New Japan purists are... Uh, and not very happy about it. They don't like it particularly, but I kind of look at it as, uh, um, like the, the 24 seven title with WWE, uh, 
essentially it doesn't mean anything. You're not it won't count on your resume as you've been a legitimate champion, but it's something fun for the lower card uh, wrestlers to to get involved in. Yeah, makes a lot of sense, mate. Makes a lot of sense. Very quickly, then, whilst we're on Wrestle Kingdom, before we, before we move on to our main topic today, um, who was the Don King style fella? I, you know, you're not the first person to ask. I, I was speaking with uh, uh, Stephen from Headlock Talk. I have no idea. I know who, who the guy opening the 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 card is. Uh, Ricky Choshu. He's a he's a yeah. new, uh, new Japan legend. But that the kind of a Don King slasher, Doc Brown guy with the massive cigar. No idea. Can't, I can't, for the laughing me, remember where I've seen him. No, I got no. I got no clue. He popped up, and I was just like, okay. I, I, I assumed that people would know who he was, and I just didn't because I haven't been watching for a little while. But yeah, it was a quite a shot. He's there with a big cigar and the big hair and so on. It's, it's yeah. quite a visual, I think. <laughs> yeah, Made me laugh a little bit. And also, uh, Kenta, um, his gear for his match today. It, it looks like he's been pooed on by a load of seagulls. <laughs> he looks like he's been I know he's going for some sort of like, uh, almost like Bret Hart-esque, I guess, where they sort of have the the paint, the white paint flipped all over the black on his, his yeah. gear. And like, I think it's 94 Rumble he wore that, and it looked quite cool. Kenta, I think, maybe going for something similar. But it looks like he's just gone for a walk around Western Supermare or perhaps lost <laughs> a tip with, with a bag of chips, and he's just been crapped on loads by loads of seagulls, you know? Quite possibly. I mean, they, his wall was short, similar to that for, for quite a while in New Japan. But yeah, they, I do get what you mean. They, they look like he's been working, uh, he's been painting his roof, it looks like, with a bit of emulsion and it's dripped all over him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, perhaps he's been to, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go down that road. I was going to say something about a dodgy party that sort of thing. <laughs> he's put his keys in the bowl. Yeah. He's had his keys in the bowl. The whole different uh, dripping down his gear. Well, let's not get into that. That's, that's dodgy ground. Well, <laughs> see, I've, I've corrupted you. I've corrupted you. You have, you. mate. You have. The wife said she's noticed a real difference in me in the last few days, and she blames you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Um, I suppose getting on to today's topic, mate. We Wait, are wait. looking at Samoa Joe versus CM Punk 2. Yeah. Um, Ring of Honor. Um, was it 2004, Max? Is that the right year? Uh, it was. Uh, let me just find the, the actual date. But uh, I, I literally just had it about two seconds. October the 16th, 2004. Yeah. yeah. Um, for a little bit of context, uh, this is obviously a huge um, indie kind of a, a trilogy and, and really kind of a, a trailblazer set of matches. But this... Uh, from what I've read about it, and, and I knew nothing about this before, and I've obviously heard uh, the the internet uh, going uh, mental about this trilogy and, and how it was kind of a such such a landmark. But I've never we've been checked out for of wrestling for such a long time. It's not something that I've gone back and watched, so uh, I've never seen any of these uh, these trilogy of matches that that. Uh, Punk and uh, Joe put on in Ring of Honor. So obviously going back and doing a little bit of research for this, what I found was that this actual match wasn't even supposed to happen. Uh, apparently it was Steve Carino who was meant to be facing Samoa Joe for the title at this event, and he got pulled from the event by another company called Zero One. Um, I think it was about two or, th- two or three days before. So this match was uh, basically a, a replacement and... To say they only had a couple of days to come up with uh with the 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 story and the and the match planning, it I think it just adds to how how 
could this match is that they were able to pull this out after after only having a couple of days of planning for it. Uh, just absolutely amazing storyline. And going even further back, going back to why this match was so big, uh, Punk had had his title match earlier in the year um, and he had this kind of... Uh, this. Um, this kind of plan to to wear down Samoa Joe, uh, uh, and he thought he could take the shots from Samoa Joe, but be able to kind of uh, beat him down with uh, superior technical wrestling. Uh, and what actually happened was that Samoa Joe was able to to last the the the, the fight and really kind of give Punk uh, as good as he got. And obviously, we got the 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 first time limit draw. Um, so when we come to this. Uh, this rematch, um, Punk knew he had to change his game plan up, but in the build-up to it, Samoa Joe had gone on a massive, massive unbeaten run, and, and then he got beat by Colt Cabana, who was at that time, obviously, Punk's uh, very good friend, and that gave Punk the kind of blueprint of how to, to beat Joe, so he, that's, uh, that's why he, he tried to kind of um, change his style up in this match, uh, but obviously we... Uh, We'll get into it, and, and uh, the result doesn't really change for him. No, no, very much so, very much so. Um, I mean, this was a suggestion put forward to us on the show's Twitter, uh, at <laughs> chain underscore wrestling, by our young friend Conrad, and Scott Robertson also suggested the same match. So yeah, thank you very much, fellas, for being, getting involved and putting forward suggestions for where we go next. It's always appreciated. Um, yeah, I'd not seen this before, Max. I had no idea what I was going into. I kind of had an idea that it was going to be good as opposed to awful because of how much hype surrounds well, these two individuals and the matches they've had. But I'd not seen... I mean, it's a trilogy. I've seen bits of Punk in Ring of Honor, not so much Joe in Ring of Honor. Um, I've seen Ring of Honor, I suppose, a few years later when you had the likes of the Bucks and Adam Cole and all that in there. Yeah. But I've not seen any of the three matches from this trilogy before. So it's quite a little eye-opener as to as to uh, that time, I guess. Um, it's very it's very stripped back, isn't it? When you watch Ring of Honor in later years, the production, I think, is may- maybe slightly better. But this is very dark and dingy, very indie-looking. And they're obviously, I think they're in some sort of school gym, potentially, with the markings on the floor set up for basketball, you can see, and, and so on. Yeah, apparently the 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 place is called the Frontier Field House, which uh, can only hold a capacity of seven hundred. So it really is kind of like the the epitome of an indie match. I mean, it, it looks like a gym. It's as simple as that. You can see uh, the the kind of corrugated iron walls. Um, you can see that there's only like a two or three rows of of, of audience, and you, and how the the audience are, are, are such a massive part of this match. Uh, now, obviously, going back and looking at the the old the other matches in the in the trilogy, uh, all three of them. Uh, were universally praised. The first one got four and a four and a quarter stars on Dave uh, Dave Meltzer's rating. I think the third one got uh, four and a quarter as well, and this one actually got five stars, uh, which is it's one of Ring of Honor's uh, most uh, highly rated matches in in the in the history of the company. Oh, why? Well, that's that's a good achievement, isn't it? If, you know, the, the, a trilogy of matches between the same people keeping attention and still getting rated as highly as that across the board, I guess. Yeah, um, and not only that, though, but the, the bravery to go two 
uh, Broadway's in a row and not having a having a winner. And not many uh, fans would have accepted that. Not many uh, groups of fans would have would have been happy that they've sat through this this war twice and still got no conclusive winner. Uh, especially on the indie scene where where fans are pretty rabid. Um, it was very brave of Ringwana to, to pull uh, the wool over the fans' eyes twice and give them two like sixty-minute time limit draws. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I mean, starting off, we, we uh, I'm gonna have to try and track down what this entrance music punk uses is here. I, I quite enjoyed this. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's no cult of personality or anything like that. But <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite interesting seeing punk because he looks so different to his time in WWE. He's got long hair that's kind of bleached and he's wearing longer shorts, um, much less tattoos as well. I mean, there's still plenty of tattoos, but there's much less than what we see in later years. Uh, He also looks a a lot taller. And I know obviously that's, that's because WWE is the land of the giants. But when you see him actually uh, stood toe to toe with Samoa Joe, he's actually a good inch, two inches taller than, than Joe, which, you wouldn't necessarily look at Punk as being a big guy. So that was really interesting. Yeah, he almost looks a bit stretched, I think, mm. with, with the longer shorts as well. It almost looks like maybe slightly out of proportion a little bit. But again, I think you're right. It's because he's alongside Joe, who's a big bloke. But when you're in the WWE, not the biggest bloke, if that makes sense. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, He does look quite tall. And he, he, like I said, he's got this odd bleached long hair style and so on. Um, he comes out first and he has home written on his tape that he shows everybody because this is in Chicago and he is coming back home, obviously. Yeah. Joe comes out um, carrying the Ring of Honor championship and the, you have the, the streamers, the, the, the paper streamers thrown into the ring when the introductions are made. And we're, we're off, aren't we? Um, they set the tone quite early, I think, Max, for what we're, what we're to expect for the next hour. Yeah, a, um, um, a bit of in, uh, indie style spots, I suppose, but then a few near falls early on, and so on. Yeah, and uh, from uh, going back and 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 checking out the the first match between them, uh, Punk does stick to that kind of formula for the first few minutes. Uh, really, kind of channel grand down. Um, Samoa Joe, especially with like focusing on the headlocks uh, and and really trying to frustrate but also kind of tire Joe. Uh, but what he does differently in this one is uh, he very much avoids the the power of, of Samoa Joe for the first few minutes at least uh, because obviously his plan in the first fight was to, to absorb those uh, those shots and then and then win with his with his superior wrestling but obviously that didn't didn't work so his his tactic was actually to avoid getting hit and then just just wear Joe down, and it worked for for the first few minutes. I mean, there's a point where um, the uh, Joe is really getting frustrated, being in a headlock, does a backdrop, and and Punk is still able to keep that headlock on. And I thought that was a uh, a clever little spot. Uh, and there's also another point which really made me laugh uh, when. Um, Punk was trying to keep Joe down and 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 really kind of uh, uh, use his grappling, and then a, a fan yells "boring," and Punk says, oh. "Well, there's the door," and tells him to basically tells the fan to piss off. Just thought that was classic. <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, that's something you don't get with the bigger crowds as well, isn't no, it? No, exactly. That kind of interaction. Yeah, I heard the boring shite. Yeah, that that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, a couple of those 
moments um, in the first sort of half of the match, I guess. One, quite early on, you have a drop toe hold uh, into a crucifix yep. attempt of a pin. And uh, I thought that was superb because it was so smooth, it was so quick, it was so fluid. Um, Joe, uh, not long after this, has CM Punk in a hammerlock. And he actually slams himself into the mat to add more pressure on the arm he's bending, which I thought was a really nice touch. It was really effective to look at. So simple, but really effective. Yeah. Yeah, and then right. Yeah. And, and then as far as I can make out, as far as I could remember, you didn't really see any, I suppose, strikes, whether it was punches or anything like that. For a good 10 minutes or so, they were actually trying to wrestle for the opening, mm-hmm. of, which I really enjoyed as well. That was, that was great to see as well. And then yeah. the first time you saw any sort of strikes, it was actually legal forearms as opposed to the clenched fists we sometimes see elsewhere, if that makes sense, Max. Yeah, well, uh, like I said to you uh, just before we started recording, I, I went into this match with all intentions of, of uh, doing what I normally do and, and taking little notes and reminders to tell me what went on. But I got so invested in this match that for a good half an hour of it, I just was sat there just slack-jawed watching the, the match and then I, it dawned on me I hadn't took any notes for, for a, a massive portion of the, the middle of the match. Uh, it was just oh, so, such a... It's such a... But that I think that's a, a testament to how good this match was and I'm I'm actually kicking myself that it's took me 16 years to get round to, to watching this match. It was... It had pretty much everything if you're into grappling and the kind of that technical aspect of of wrestling you've got it in spades if you like the hard-hitting kind of brawling of of almost kind of um extreme style wrestling you've got that it's just such a um such a a versatile match i've got a a note where uh um I, I remember that there was a couple of times where they were doing the the RVD and Jerry Lynn spots where they were it was such great, and this is no pun intended chain wrestling uh, where they were uh, both avoiding each other's moves and yeah I thought that was a, a really good uh, callback. Uh, there was a, a a vertical suplex by Joe which was absolutely stunning. I think he held him up for about twenty seconds before yeah. dropping him down. Yeah. Such a such a great match. Yeah, I mean, the reason I sort of went, oh, God, when you mentioned not making any notes, is mean, it means that we're very much dependent on any notes that I have. And if last <laughs> week go by, um, just a little bit of context for everyone listening. Last week, obviously, we try and rate the show out of 10. Um, uh, uh, sorry, the, the matches or segments we watch out of 10 every week. A fairly big, important part of the show sum, sums up what we've just watched and so on as we're walking through the, the chain uh, that we discuss. I, I just said, right, Max, I'll see you next week. Tell her then. And off we went. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that you left the, the bollocks in it. That was brilliant. Yeah, I, I don't know how many people have actually heard that because I, I purposely left them left the music playing for a little while to see if anyone will actually listen to it for them <laughs> to, to hear the outtake. But yeah, if anyone's listening to this episode and they haven't heard it yet, the little outtake at the end of last week's episode is there for you to listen to. Um, basically, I, I'm a knobhead and I screwed up. That's where we go. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a few other moments uh, in the match here as well early on that I, I did enjoy, but there's also a couple of moments that maybe I, I didn't as much. Um, I don't know why, but there's, a, there's, there's that moment where Punk is getting challenged by Joe to run into the ropes and bump into him. Yeah. And try and charge. And it happens a couple of times. And don't get me wrong, it led to the, the pace picking up quite a bit and mm-hmm. a good exchange. 
And that initial moment where Joe is saying, go on, and off to the ropes, go on, bump into me. And I, I, I don't know why, but that sort of took me out of the moment a little bit. I didn't really enjoy that as much. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean. It, it, it took it away from it looking like a, a proper uh, fart to being more of a, a wrestling match then. Uh, kind of like yeah. harkening back to uh, the 80s, I suppose. But uh, Joe did still kind of keep it real in that when he uh, he was able to to stop Punk from uh, shoulder barging him and then just dry slaps him straight across the, ch- the chops and says, do it again. That, that I thought was fun. Um, there was there was a, a good moment after that, though, when uh, uh, Punk was attempting, a, I think it was a Hurricane Rana from the, the apron, uh, and Joe just catches him and just swings him and slams him into those railings. And, and these oh, are... Yeah. These aren't like WWE style railings where they're covered in loads and loads of padding. You could see that that was just typical metal railings covered with a uh, with a basically a sheet, and that that must have been brutally painful. And then after that, they were doing the the slap chops outside of the the the, the ring as well. They these guys just absolutely give it all. Um, the crowd were brilliant all the way through the match. Absolutely brilliant. I mean. We've spoke before on this show about how if you watch this match without the crowd, it could take away from it. And I totally think that this is one of those matches. If you didn't have that crowd uh, to to listen to, it would take some big points out of it because there were there were times in the crowd where they were feeding Joe and Punk like tactics and strategies on on how to to win the match. And there was another guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, you had one guy shake belly to belly, Joe, and stuff like yeah, that. And, yeah. and then there's another one who says, "Slow it down, uh, like take <laughs> your time." And then you, I think there's about three or four different people who who are doing a time check, and they're like saying, "You've got 20 minutes to go," and stuff like that. So I thought the crowd here were they were. They were very much like the third man in this fight. Yeah, yeah, they they did contribute quite a bit for such a, I suppose, in comparison to where the chain has took us up so far. Mm-hmm. The previous links have all been quite big audiences, haven't they? So this is a completely different look at a high-profile contest and the smaller crowd. I think also added to it as sometimes the tens of thousands do from, from other matches that we've watched. Um, harking back to previous links in the chain. I had a little dig at John Cena. It would have been last week, wouldn't it, I guess, for his appalling STF. I think you called a struggle <laughs> cuddle, wasn't it, or something like that? Um, Definitely the struggle cuddle. Yeah, Joe does an STF in this match, um, and it looks fantastic. But then he mm-hmm. also kind of changes it, or, or it sort of slips to sort of a dragon sleeper or, or kind of chin lock across the side of him while still yeah. holding Punk's leg, and that looked incredible. That was fantastic. It, it literally looks like he bends him clean in half. He even yeah. did, he even did it as well, uh, getting round uh, closer to the finish of the match. He uh, he uh, gets uh, the um, not not the cobra clutch. He does a cobra clutch halfway through the match, but he uh, um, the Boston Crab. Uh, and then he proper puts a lot of that stank on it. He lifts instead of hooking the legs under his arms, he lifts the uh, punk's legs over his shoulders, and he just properly just sits back. And you can see that uh, punk's bones crunching in his back, and he has to struggle to the ropes. Uh, yeah, the, these guys just went a hundred percent all the way through the match. And that's a big, strong bloke bending your legs back. First of all, pretty but much. That's also yeah. a, that's also a. <laughs> Big old arse in it coming down on yeah. your back to, to to apply that pressure. You know that that looked painful, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, something else that was a bit odd. I suppose it's 
it's different and maybe that's why it was odd to me we're about 20 odd minutes left i'm not 100 percent sure on the timeline but a, a fair chunk of the match was left the commentators just decided to to knock it on the head i don't know if they were paid by the hour and they'd already earned enough to go get their dinner that night or whatever yeah. they were like look we're, we're going to leave the audience to tell the story we're off fellas and, and, yeah. and the commentators just stopped I for exactly the same as you thought. What is this? Because they, they they do the whole sign off as well. So like, thank you people for 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 watching and uh, and buying the the pay per view or the home video. But apparently the story is that they were so engrossed in the match that they wanted to go and sit ringside and 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 watch it rather than being like in the booth, like a little bit away from from the match. So that that was uh that was what happened. They wanted to get close up to the action so they knew that the crowd were going to fill uh with uh with the the how vocal they were so yeah they just uh down tools and thought yeah let's get in on this and and enjoy it in all honesty i i, I thought it was i thought it was a bit silly to be fair i can see what they're trying to achieve i can see what they're trying to get at mm-hmm. uh, and let the crowd tell the story and it is something a bit different i suppose and i don't want to sort of criticize or chastise um companies or individuals for trying something different because wrestling is so repetitive sometimes so it's it's, it's great that they've tried to do something out of the ordinary but for yeah. me it didn't work it came across a bit daft and if i'm being realistic these guys are they're being for <laughs> kayfabe viewpoint i guess they're being paid to do a job you can't just down tools and bugger off man you'll get laid off won't you? <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like you can't just decide I'm, I'm gonna go get a hamburger. Or I'm gonna go get a sandwich and a coke and watch the end of this match. It has to do a freaking job, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean, and and yeah, it's it's very different in in how we normally watch wrestling. But um, it, it, for me, at first, I felt it was like they'd overrun, and the, it was kind of like if you remember there was oh, a yeah, WCW. Yeah, yeah. There was a WCW pay-per-view that we didn't get to see. I think it was a Halloween Havoc. You didn't get to see the ending of it on the broadcast because they'd overrun. And I felt that this was Halloween kind Havoc of like... 1998, I think it was. And it was um, yeah, I think it was. was it Warrior Hogan that got cut off the end, maybe? Yeah, and, and did they have to refund like, pretty much everyone who'd ever bought the pay-per-view? Uh, I yeah, thought that it sh- maybe... showed it on Nitro or something, didn't they? I, I'll have to, I, think it's, I think it's 98. I'll have to have a look, but yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Well, I, I thought that, that that was a similar situation to this, that they'd overshot on the pay-per-view and, and this was just being filmed for the the, like, the DVD release. Uh, but no, apparently the storyline is... Uh, or not the storyline, the, the story is that they were so kind of engrossed in the match that they, they wanted to go and uh, watch it from, from ringside, I suppose. I'd be I mean, fuming. Cool, if you can do it. I, oh, I'd be fuming. If I was running a couple of times, <laughs> Absolutely tamping at the pair of them, just buggering off to get a sandwich. It's like, come on, lads! I mean, you got a job to do here. This is our main event for crying out loud. This is what sold the tickets and sold the home video. And you're just like, you know, sat there eating an egg and crest sandwich or gone for a hot dog or something like that. It's like, you know, I, I don't think Chicago is known for their egg and crest sandwiches. To be fair, why not? <laughs> I mean, did you think really? that crowd there? That crowd? Do you think they're an egg and crest kind of crowd, or do you think it's like a hot dog and beer crowd? Well, it probably is more of a hot dog and beer crowd. Don't get me wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, he might have made him at home. He could have made him at home and brought me, with him. <laughs> you look at me. Like, I mean, I'm a big fat bloke. I've got long hair and a beard. I, I very much will come across like uh, a burger and, uh, and beer kind of fella. But I, I am partial to a you know egg and crest sandwich, Max. You know, yeah. Hey, I, I'm I'm not slating egg and crest. I I 
enjoy a very good egg and cress. A little bit of mustard in your in your egg mayo, oh, absolutely yeah. banging. Perhaps, but perhaps, I don't, I don't, perhaps, I don't think high. that We're crowd. What egg and cress and mustard? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but obviously here that's that's well known. But by going by the logic yeah. we're looking at now, if we were to set up a little egg and cress stall in Chicago, right, you know, outside an arena, next time the crowds are allowed, we can make a bit of money out of that. I reckon we would put the hamburger stand out of business with our egg and cress sandwiches, but it'd certainly be a lot more healthier. Well, it's something new, isn't it? Like commentators just deciding to piss off halfway through a match. It's delightful, <laughs> You, know? <laughs> well, you, you, have, you are dying on that hill, sir. You are absolutely dying on that hill. <laughs> okay, then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Joe uh, misses a big top rope splash, doesn't he? Um, yep. He also hits an absolutely beautiful power slam. It's got a real a snap power slam as Punk comes off the ropes. That looks so good. That was awesome. What? That that snap power slam, uh, the the lead up to that was uh was Punk doing throwing those kind of like reverse like thigh kicks. Uh, one thing that really grinds me is is leg slapping. Uh, yeah, you see, it's you, so see obvious. The, you see the the books do it and it's obvious. And this one it could not have been any more obvious. You literally could see Punk's arm raising up and slapping against his legs, and yeah, that kind of. It, it didn't grind me, I suppose, but it was something I noticed and it kind of took me out. Uh, but that snap suplex, Jesus Christ, the, the speed that Joe was able to pull that off, just great transitioning in wrestling. Um, and this is where he started really for me um, picking up the pace because they knew that mm. they were coming uh, up to the end. Another thing that grinds me, and I don't know if it's something about this referee or if, if that's his style, um, but god damn he likes to fast count Jesus Christ he, he, we're even late for a bus because he looked like he had to be somewhere <laughs> perhaps he's looked at the commentators sat in the front row like, you having their sandwiches and he's thought I want to go join them you know? <laughs> oh, save us an egg and cress <laughs> yeah. I don't want the crust though no crust, yeah, the crust off, yeah. um, Punk gets a couple of really big pops um, one was from a I suppose the correct term is a hammerlock DDT that mm-hmm. gets a close pin from it almost looks like a three because again it's very quick count as you mentioned mags and and the crowd pop quite big for that um and he also gets another big pop when joe applies a more traditional stf which again looks far better than john cena's and um J- uh, punk when he gets to the ropes the crowd react huge for that as well and and the crowd are going absolutely insane at this stage they're they're, they're involved in everything and it's at this point where i kind of I suppose fell into the same mindset as yourself. I, I wasn't taking any more notes. Not that there was masses left of the match to run, but no. I was just watching and watching because it proper hooked me in um, to the st- to the point where I, I didn't even think of time limits or how long they have gone for. And it wasn't until literally when the guy shouts 10 seconds left, mm-hmm. I was like, all oh, right. Oh, well, okay then. It didn't even enter my mind until that point. If you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the only the only thing that kept me kind of refreshed with the time is is the crowd saying oh, that oh you've got fifteen minutes or or, or there's ten minutes left to go. Uh, but yeah, the the action really kind of took you away from that. Uh, going into that that build up to the last few minutes, uh, there's there's a uh, one point where uh, Joe hits like a massive clothesline from hell that just pretty much rips. 
Punk's head clean off. Just so oh. brutal. Uh, and then going into the very end, uh, the the bit that uh, you alluded to with the 10 seconds, they're both going up to the top, and it looks like uh, Punk's trying to like, for like a, a almost a super go to sleep. Um, then we get like a striking war. Um, uh, Joe goes back down to the floor, comes back up to the rope, um, and then hits that massive muscle buster. And you can hear the countdown as he's like um, throwing Punk over his shoulders to to land that muscle buster. They hits the ground pretty much on the on the one. Tries to go for the pin, but it's uh, it's all over. And apparently, uh, the clock uh, is stopped two seconds early uh, at 59.58. And then in the first match, they did pretty much the same thing. It was four seconds early. So potentially Punk could have had the chance to win had he just been a little bit quicker. But 60 minutes of, of mad, mad action wrestling, just brutal balls-to-the-wall wrestling. Uh, and then again, right at the end, the crowd absolutely made it for me because... We get uh, the the punk snatches the belt, and it looks uh, looks like he's going to be um, he's, he's going to be like petty about it. And yeah, the crowd shouting, "You saw a loser!" And then someone shouts, "Owen oh, too," because he's lo- he's basically been unable to beat punk uh, beat Joe twice. Uh, and then obviously you you get the the belt handover, a big grudging shaking of the hands. Um, but I, what I really did enjoy was the fact that this was such a partisan crowd. There was such a pro punk crowd at the beginning of the match, but they 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 very much gave Joe his respect for for going two hours essentially with uh with uh CM Punk over the over the two matches. Uh, but even after the match, Punk was a god to these guys. You could absolutely tell he he was the hero in this match. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Okay, so. Coming to the end of that contest, I suppose, the, the only thing left for us to do with the match itself is to remember this week to rate the title <laughs> <of> 10. <laughs> um, Mags, where, where do you rate this match out of 10? Oof, um, for, for how good of a match it is, and if I, if I were invested at the time and I was uh, really kind of into uh, Ring of Honor whilst it was happening, I dare say I'd give it... Uh, like top end scores, but for me, I think we've watched better matches on the show already. Uh, so I'm I'm not going to shit on it at all because it was a phenomenal match. But I think I'm going to go with an eight. Yeah, I, I was thinking. Um, I'll be honest. The way you were talking throughout the show, I thought you were going to go higher than an eight. Mm. Um, I, I was going to go an eight myself. Um, a couple of reasons. There was a few moments in the match where I kind of lost myself a little bit it didn't hold me for the whole hour like some yeah. other um long hour long or 90 minute long matches in the past have done um the ladder match with Shawn michaels and razor i think we gave a nine and cena punk i think we gave a nine as well didn't we mm-hmm. is that correct yeah um those two matches if they're a nine yes they're shorter but they kept me captivated from bell to bell yeah. this match gave me captivated i would say majority of the time but there were moments that i couldn't quite get on with so i think an eight for me is a fair a, a fair uh score as well so yeah another one i suppose we agree on there mate 
Yeah, and, and and for context, listeners, we don't discuss this before coming on this show at all. So it's it's cool that we we're pretty much in sync with every kind of score we've given really so far. So yeah, great minds think alike. <laughs> Already at agree, whichever way you want. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll jump to Twitter quickly then before we uh, mm-hmm. look at where we can potentially go next. Speaking speaking of um, great minds thinking alike, um, definitely in this case it is that, as opposed to the idiots agree side. <laughs> Our good friend Comrade Newton again has, has tweeted the show, and he has asked, where do you think Ring of Honor would be now without the attention and praise from this match? Will they still have had the boom period in the mid to late 90s? And also, uh, Scott Robertson again has tweeted in and said, so very similar. Do we think that this match helped Ring of Honor in terms of exposure? Um, so yeah, I suppose again, great minds think alike between those two asking very similar questions. Um, I think it, it can only have helped. Surely, Max, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I could easily go the the, the simple route and say it clearly didn't help because I didn't watch it whilst it was happening. Uh, it didn't really. Uh, I mean, we're nearly two decades away from it, uh, the match, and it's the first time that we've seen it. So technically, yeah. it didn't drag us in. But looking at the big picture, these are two huge guys in in wrestling now. Uh, still 20 years on. I mean, Punk's been out of the game for, for such a long time, but he's still a, a huge name. Uh, they both have gone to the biggest dance in WWE. And if you look at Ring of Honor as a as a whole, how many more wrestlers uh, followed this kind of path of going and being a star in Ring of Honor before making it to one of the bigger clubs, uh, bigger um, companies, guys like Roddy Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, um, Daniel Bryan, uh, all have, have, have kind of like started or at least gone through Ring of Honor. So uh, I think it shows the the kind of influence that Ring of Honor is on the whole of the wrestling world, uh, especially in this period and leading up to like the, well, to very recently to like the, 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 the late uh, 2010s. Uh, maybe they've dropped off a little bit more now uh, with what's happened over the last uh, year or so, but... I think this was uh, a massive kind of starting point for for what would be the the super indies. This was like the the top of the indie uh, ladder before you went on to to get that big payday at companies like uh, WWE. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Again, something else that Conrad and Scott uh, kind of I suppose agree on or go along with each other on. Um, on Twitter is both for their suggestions for where we go next of matches from 2005, funnily enough. Um, Conrad has put forward Samoa Joe versus Kaboshi from 2005. And Scott Robertson has put forward, oh, this is an absolute stormer, Joe versus AJ Styles versus Daniels at TNA Unbreakable 2005. Now, if you've not seen that match, that is an absolute belter of a contest. That's TNA when it was absolutely flying. Brilliant, brilliant stuff can be found there. Um, I'm not going to go with either of those, though, for my next step in the chain, Mags, if you don't mind me going first, sir. Absolutely. Let's let's see what you've got to say. Okay, I'm going to take... Samoa Joe and literally use his name there as almost like a twofold link. Uh, one, he is Samoan, as is Roman <laughs> Reigns. 
and two, uh, his name is Joe in real life, as has Roman Reigns. His name is Joe. Um, that's going to be my link there. Joe uh, or Roman Reigns, apologies. Roman Reigns is a multi-time champion, headlined numerous WrestleManias. Um, Hulk Hogan has headlined numerous WrestleManias. So we're going to go back to 1991 and when Hulk Hogan saved the world. Oh, wow. I was, I, I, I was expecting it, but then when you went with Roman Reigns, I thought, nah, he's, he's, he's knocked that gimmick clean on the head now. And I was actually going to, I was trying to come up with a way that I can throw that gimmick in, but yeah, that's some quality link in there. That's not, I'm not really going for it, mate. I'm not really going to go. I'm not, I'm not that harsh. My real link is actually. Uh, it does involve Roman Reigns, but it's a much simpler, straightforward link. Um, Samoa Joe wrestled uh, in the Universal title match at SummerSlam 2017. Uh, the match was Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Fatal 4-Way. I would like to go back in the next link in the chain, the next step in our little journey, and watch Joe, Lesnar, Reigns and Strowman from SummerSlam 2017. Mm, interesting pick. Interesting pick. Where would you like uh, us to go, sir? Okay, so uh, this is um, the second match in in uh, a famous trilogy of matches. But actually, they had uh, another match in uh, Ring of Honor uh, the the year previous to this. So this was technically a quadrology of matches. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with an, uh, another famous quadrology um and it's also um the match i'm going to go with is also another broadway another 60 minute time limit draw um te- i mean this is technically joe versus punk two so i'm going to go with another second match even though technically is the third match uh i'm going to go with kazuchika okada versus kenny omega from Dominion uh, in 2017, the second match between these two guys. Uh, it beat the six-star rated of the first match, and it was also a 60-minute time limit draw, so I'm going to go with uh, a Carter versus Omega 2. Oh, what a shape. What a shape that is. What a brilliant lead. I did want to go for a Carter versus Omega 4. Because I was going to mention this because this is one of your favourite matches, isn't it? It's it's, it's probably my favourite match of all time. I, I've watched it, I'd say at least a dozen times, and I cannot pick fault with that match. But the the second match is one that I think kind of goes under the radar. It's not really the 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 most revered out of the four matches between Okada and Omega, but it still uh, was part of that that massive kind of. Four matches that just totally destroyed uh, Dave Meltzer's uh, star system. Uh, and like I said, it, it did get six and a quarter stars. So this match ain't not to be sniffed at. And it'll be, um, it'll be fun if uh, if that gets picked. But I also like your pick as well. It'll be kind of a uh, a change. So, yeah, uh, whichever one the, the listeners want is the one we'll go with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I when I sort of made the link that I did, I was really looking forward to seeing Joe Lesnar Reigns Strowman. I've not watched it since SummerSlam 2017, but I remember it being an absolute stormer. But now you've thrown Okada Omega in there. Oh my God. <laughs> Omega. So I'm, I think I'm, I think for the second time since this show started, I may end up voting for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually vote for your pick all the time. Like every time I vote for your pick, just, just in case. 
Oh, mate, that's really good. I mean, like Shawn Michaels to Bret Hart back in the late 90s, I won't put you over. I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll vote for my pick if it's the best. <laughs> but this week, I, I think there's a strong chance I'm voting for Ricardo Omega, mate. That's, that's fantastic. Especially Wrestle Kingdom week as well. Lovely little link in there, too. Yeah. Um, okay. On that note, then, the only thing left to do, I guess... Uh, Mags, please, for the love of God, correct me if I'm wrong, if there is nothing else left to do, because last week it was a big screw up, <laughs> um, is for you to let everyone know where they can find you online, sir. Okay, you can find me online at DAJ Kurt Bear. I am a, like, like uh, Simon said earlier in the show, and I'm going to keep rubbing this into the ground until uh, until basically uh, this, this horse has been flogged dead. But I am a <laughs> award-winning podcaster, allegedly. Uh, and and actually, before I even finish my spiel, I've been nominated for even more awards in the uh, in the Scottish Wrestling Sports Awards. Oh, I'm absolutely butchering that. I feel so... Oh, uh, so very, very, I, know, I know I sort of it poked a little fun earlier, but it's more a jealousy than anything. Because obviously, I finished second place to you. So, <laughs> but um, listen, I'm, I'm, less, I'm less than a year deserved. in the game, and for you to make the mark that you've made, uh, that it's outstanding. It really is. You are way better uh, now than I was at, at this this time in my podcasting career, I suppose. So, you, it, you have absolutely no no reason to to feel you're second best to me at all. Oh mate, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. That's very. Kind anyway, you. I have all content. your awards are thoroughly deserved. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have content. You found it out, DJ Kurt. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Definitely worth going and checking Mags out. Um, you can find me at SJP Words. I'm very soon getting back into the, I suppose, writing game uh, with ProWrestlingStories.com. I've got a few articles I'm working on for them. I'm also going to be contributing at some stage, time allowing, to the Chops, Kicks and Near Falls site uh, that our good friend Conrad Newton runs. So look out for my articles there. Um, The show's Twitter account is at chain underscore wrestling. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. But Twitter is the main one. That will be where you can vote in the poll to decide the topic of the next show, where we go next, the next link in the chain. Your options this week, as we said, are Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Fatal 4-Way from SummerSlam 2017, or Kenny Omega versus Okada uh, at Dominion 2017. Yeah. Is that the right? Yeah. Um, And that's the second match of their their four-match series there. Um, And again, at Chain underscore Wrestling. Okay. That's it. That's that episode done and dusted. I'm off to watch... Uh, Boris Johnson put us in another big lockdown with a nice <laughs> egg and cress sandwich. Uh, Mags, I shall speak to you next week, sir. See you next week. Cheers. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>